I am not on, but now I am. Happy Mother's Day. We'll do that again. So glad to have you here to worship the Lord with us today. Hey, if you're a mom, we have a gift for you. It is not me. I'm sorry. Uh, That's Father's Day. We hand out sausage for Father's Day. But hey, you get a Hobby Lobby gift card, and uh, that's just as good, if not better, I think, uh, if you're into that. But uh, that is for you, and uh, we're so glad to have you here. Just want to say we love and appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, Amen, kids. Amen, husbands. Thank you for our moms and uh, all you guys do for us. But hey, if you are new and visiting for the very first time, whether you're here in person or watching online, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, Church is all about relationships, and so we would love to start that relationship with you. And and, an easy way to do that is to text that word WELCOME. Uh, to that number on the screen, 406-219-0314. Follow the prompts, and uh, we'd love to just start that relationship with you. But hey, James chapter 2, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there with me this morning. No, we are not going to talk about Mother's Day specifically. We're going to continue on in our James study, and I think a lot of moms appreciate that. I'll just say that. Like, you know, we're just going to continue on. We'll make some application, of course, to moms this morning, but uh, let me just remind you as we jump back into James chapter 2, James... Uh, is really concerned about your spiritual maturity, right? James is really concerned about your ability to handle life's tensions, life's trials, life's challenges. James really wants you and I to succeed as a believer in Christ. And I just want to remind you that that is his goal. He wants you and I to have a real, active, thriving kind of faith. Uh, And that is really the point of, of his letter, this letter that he wrote to a group of persecuted, scattered Christ followers that uh, are looking for some help and looking for some leadership. And so James has really been giving us some tests along the way, some things to kind of gauge, hey, where am I at in my spiritual walk? Where am I at in my spiritual maturity? How how do I kind of gauge my my faith, so to speak, in my relationship with Jesus? Will it stand the test of life or will it crumble? first sign of pressure. And so this morning, James is going to keep on pressing the gas in that area of our lives, our spiritual maturity. And he's really uh, going to give us another thing to help us gauge this morning. Uh, Is our faith real or is it dead? Is my faith alive and thriving or is it dead and useless? And that's a pretty important question to ask ourselves, is it not? Is my faith real this morning? Uh, If we just kind of strip everything away, probably the most important thing you could hear this morning is this, is that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, that he wants you to place your faith in him and what he has done for you on a cross some 2,000 years ago, that he rose from a grave so that you can have life. He wants you to have real faith in him. And so that's an important question that you ask yourself, do I have real faith? in the person and work of Jesus Christ today. Maybe you're here, you've already done that, uh, but you might be saying, is my faith alive? Is Is it what it used to be? Is it really thriving and growing and visible and something that, that people can see? And so I, I want you, if you're a mom this morning, uh, that's probably one of the most important things you can ask yourself. Is my faith alive so that my kids can see it? Is my faith thriving in such a way that my children will be impacted? By the way that I live and the things that, that I believe in life, man, so much of my life has been, uh, been shaped by, by my mom. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be standing on this platform today had it not been for the faith of my mom. And so listen, your faith matters. But it doesn't just matter if you're a mom this morning. It really matters to all of us. And so I want all of us to be asking ourselves that very question this morning. Is my faith active today? Is it alive? 
Is it thriving? Can it be seen? Is it visibly working to my kids, my friends, my coworkers see an act of faith in me? Because here's the thing. Like, if they don't see that in you, they won't see Jesus. If they don't see your faith alive and thriving and growing through life's trials and life's circumstances, the good and the bad, and that you have a trust and a faith in the person of Jesus Christ through anything, they won't see Jesus. They won't see the reality of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we have got to ask ourselves the question, do I have real faith in Jesus? And is that faith alive? Or is it just something that used to be? And so James is really going to press that this morning, but I just want to kind of remind you of a, of a few things. We talk about this idea of faith in works, or faith in works in James chapter number two. I don't want there to be any confusion as we talk about this. James is not talking about salvation. He is not trying to, to prove to these people that they need Christ. He's trying to aliven their faith. He's trying to light a fire underneath them to say, hey, you need to get going. You need to, you need to make sure that your faith is alive and well. He's not talking about salvation. Salvation does not happen through our works. It happens through grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone. Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, just to remind you of a very familiar passage, he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast by grace through faith. Paul establishes that, and I want you to know that James does not contradict that, we're going to talk about that this morning, but that's not where faith ends. That faith is not just this one moment in life where we say, yes, I totally believe in what Jesus has done for me. It doesn't just end there. It continues on. We're to live every day, every moment, that everything we face in life and the things that our kids see in our lives, that we would face them by faith, an active, visible kind of faith. Romans 1.17, I'll just give you two quick examples here. Uh, Romans 1.17 says, For in it is uh, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous, that's you if you're a Christian, shall live by faith, walk by faith. That's what Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so faith is like this, it's this everyday thing, not just these momentary glimpses of moments in our lives where we have faith. We're to have faith every day, every moment. It's to be living. It's to be active. And that's going to be James's argument here in the latter half of James chapter 2, that faith without works is dead. Faith without some visible action, some outcome of this, you say you believe, but are there actions in your life? Or is there something proving that you actually have faith? Have faith. And so we got to ask ourselves, how's my faith today? How's my faith today? What's the level of trust that I have in the Lord? And how is it visibly on display for people to see this morning. Such an important question to ask ourselves this morning. And really my hope for us is that your faith would be strengthened. Amen. Like you don't just come to church to like, you know, uh, be entertained. You come to church to be challenged through the truth of God's word and that you would leave here differently and changed and motivated to apply the scriptures to your life. And so my hope, our hope is that your faith would be strengthened to handle life circumstances, 
the challenges that you are facing and will face in the future so that Christ is on display through your life. Let's jump into chapter two this morning. Let's find out what's happening here. Uh, James chapter two, we're gonna finish chapter two this morning, okay? We're gonna finish chapter two and move on to chapter number three next Sunday. But we're gonna read a a large portion of scripture and really break this down this morning. And so kind of hang on, I'll try to break it up so it's not so hard to listen to all of it. But James starts out in James chapter two, verse 14, what good is it? And I like that phrase, right? Because James is like really direct, really to the point. What good is it? I want you to circle it, underline that phrase. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but not, but not works? Kind of this rhetorical question, right? We know the answer to that question. The answer is, it's not good. Right? It's not good to say you have faith, but don't have works. And he says, can that faith save him if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food? And so he gives us kind of this example of what works looks like that expresses this kind of true belief, true faith. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warm and filled. Isn't that such a, such a great phrase? I'll pray for you, Right? If you have a need, I'll, I'll pray for you, you know? And that's what James is kind of saying here. These kind of like religious platitudes that we give people, like, not me, you know? But I'll pray for you, right? Go in peace, be warm and filled, right? If it, it's not, I don't know if anybody's ever said that to you, but like, if you're like, oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs> I will be filled, like, with the warmth of your platitudes, right? Uh, without giving them, he says, like, if you do that and you don't give him or her the things that they need for the body, what good is that? Again, the answer to that question is it's not good, right? And so he goes on. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I should I underline that? We're dead. But someone will say, uh, this is kind of the argument. Someone's going to say, hey, you, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Like, that's great. You believe something about God. You believe some doctrine about God. You believe some teaching about God. That's good. But guess what? He says, even the demons believe and they shudder. They shudder at that truth. Verse 20 says, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? And then he goes into this example, this example of Abraham and this example of Rahab. And he kind of gives us this context for these people who at points in their life said, I believe, I believe. But was it enough to just say, I believe, right? You see, Abraham and Rahab proved to us that they had real faith because their works and their actions showed I really believe this. I really have a solid faith. And so he goes on to these examples. He says in verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see, he didn't say, I believe in God. He proved it through his actions, right? And then he goes on in verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messenger sent them out another way for as the body apart from the spirit is dead. So also faith apart from works is dead as well. And that is a lot. We're going to break it down and simplify it. So we all understand what is happening here. But this is what James wants to get across to us. If James would say, hey, this is a bottom line. This is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to understand. This is what I want you to deploy in your life. And that is this. I want you to get your faith in gear. Bottom line. Christian, you got to get your faith in gear. 
that when we talk about faith, we talk about the reality of being a person of faith, whether it's true, whether it's real, whether it's alive or dead, it's got to be moving. It's got to be moving. It's got to be acting in some way to really be faith. And so listen, God wants our faith to be in motion this morning, not idling not in park, so to speak, right? Uh, but, but moving forward. And it's kind of easy to idle as a Christian, is it not? When we talk about our faith and it being alive and active, it's, it's so easy to allow it to just kind of idle and, and, and go maybe through the motions. It's easy to go through life and, and never risk anything because faith is really a risk, is it not? I believe something. I don't see it, but I'm going to step out anyways. That's faith. But it's easy to go through life and not actually act on our faith. Let me tell you, it's easy to say you're a Christian. It's easy to go to church. It's easy to read your Bible. It's easy to do a lot of Christian things, but not really have faith. Uh, we say a lot of things in Christian circles, do we not? We use a lot of phrases, a lot of Christianese. We speak in terms that, that maybe insiders only know, but we often say this. Maybe you've said this before. I'm a person of faith. You ever said that before? I'm a person of faith, right? What does that mean to be a person of faith? Or maybe we said if someone else, they are, he is, she is a person of faith. Like what is the definition of faith? Is it just belief? Is it just belief in a certain doctrine or, or understanding of who God is? Like what is faith really? Like how do we define it? Well, James, thankfully, is going to define that for, this, for us this morning. What does it mean to have real faith? What does it mean to have active faith? If I'm going to get my faith in gear, like what does that look like? What are some things I should be gauging my life in? And so James is going to define that for us here in chapter number two. Real faith, he would say, is not idle. It is moving forward. And listen, faith to a Christian is like a transmission to a car, right? Can we go, sorry, mom, it's like car day. Like, right? I had a 1997 GMC pickup. It was like one of my first pickups. And I love that truck. It was such a nice truck. Had leather interior, heated seats. Seats. It was so nice. And then the tranny one day went out on it. I like put it in gear, right? It ran great. It just wouldn't go into gear, right? And, and so you can have a car that runs great. It purrs like a, like a kitten. It's awesome. But if the transmission doesn't work, it ain't going anywhere. And faith is the same thing for a Christian. It's what moves us forward. It's what brings us to a place of maturity. And listen, you were created to act upon your faith. You are created for good works. That's Ephesians chapter two in verse 10 real quick. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Say it with me, for what? Good works, right? What God, uh, which God has prepared beforehand that we should actually walk in them. Walk in them, right? You, you can't dismiss that reality. And James says that works really become the visible outcome the visible outcome of true authentic faith. And he's going to give us some examples here to help us gauge, uh, gauge along the way, like, is this present in our lives? And so this is so very practical for us this morning. So very practical because it helps us to measure whether A, do I have real faith in Jesus? And B, where is my faith? Is it just idling? Is it in park or is it in gear? And moving forward this morning, is my faith idling or is my faith in gear moving forward? And I would add to that this is that I think God doesn't just want us to move forward. I think, it's, I think he wants us to step on the gas. Would you agree with that? Like we, we have such a like cautious view of, of how we interact with God and God calls us to things. And we're like, I just take a little step and that's good at times. But I think God wants us to have the kind of faith where we're like, no, floor it, go. <laughs> Zero to 60. Can you imagine church? If we had that kind of faith, full throttle faith, 
We would say, let's go. I want to move forward uh, for God. Radical way to live, but could make a huge impact upon your life and upon your kids' life. Let's take a look at what James wants us to know. Remember, James wants us to get our faith in gear. Wherever you're at this morning, wherever your faith is, however you kind of gauge, this is my level of faith. James would say, get it in gear, move forward, step on the gas, move your faith forward. He wants you to be mature. And this is one way that we can do that. And so how do we tell, how do we understand, if you will, if our faith is moving forward? Well, let's talk about some, some big ideas this morning. And the first that we'll talk about is this, is that faith is really useless unless it's in motion. That, that James really establishes this idea for us that faith without works is dead. Faith that isn't in motion, moving forward, acting in obedience to the Holy Spirit is actually kind of useless. Notice what he says here in verse 14. What good is it? Again, I love that, right? Like, what good is it, right? Uh, and my brothers, he says, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith actually save him? And James would say, hey, you can talk the talk all day long, but unless you walk it, I don't believe it. Unless you actually live out this faith, what good is it? Unless it has action, unless it's in motion. It's really interesting to me that James was actually addressing this. Think about this, like first and second, uh, uh, you know, uh, Christianity in the first and second century, like so early, like how could he be talking about this? Like Christians being idle in their faith. Is that even possible? Oh yeah. And it's still possible today. In fact, it's such an issue today. People who talk a big faith, but not actually living their faith. There's never any risk. Uh, there's never any action they just talk. And I, I've been kind of doing this for a long time. And I can tell you that after 22 years of ministry, I've heard a lot of talk and not a lot of action. The Christians, we're, we're kind of great at talking about the finer things of theology. We're great at talking about all these like intricacies about who God is and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and and we're, we're not so good at the actual doing part. Like we love to talk forgiveness and love and action and all of these things, but when push comes to shove, we often say, no, I'll pass. I'll pass on that, right? Uh, man, I get this all the time. And, and it happens so many times. People come in, they're like, man, I want to do something. And God has laid something on my heart. And, 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 and they're excited about it. And you can tell like God is moving and God is working in their hearts and their lives about this thing that they're passionate and they're called to do in their lives. And you know what happens nine times out of 10? They don't do it. They don't do it. We talk about it, but we don't do it. You see, this is, this is where James gets a little in our face. <laughs> Step on, remember we said at the very beginning, James is going to step on our toes a little bit. We say, like, you know, that's great that you talk about it, but I'd rather you actually do it. I'd rather you actually live in obedience. Like, I'm really glad you know and you understand a lot of things, but I actually want your faith to be moving. And so he's talking to people who've already made this declaration of faith in Jesus. And, and he says, notice, he says, my brothers, he's talking about Christians here. He's talking about believers who, who just like you and I, who have faith, but their faith is kind of useless at this point in their lives. It's kind of ineffective. And at this point, we kind of ask ourselves, is that even possible for my faith to be dead, my faith to be useless, my faith to be ineffective at some point in life? Well, I would say, yes, it is, because we ebb and we flow through times in our lives between effective faith and active faith and idle faith. If we're honest, we would say, my faith isn't always 
where it needs to be. My faith isn't always moving. It, it might be standing still. And I want you to know this morning, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means at this point in your life, man, your faith is not where it needs to be. But we all have those moments. And that's why James early on, he said, hey, look in the mirror, right? The scripture, the word of God is this mirror to our souls and our character. And he says, when you look in the mirror and you're not a forgetful here and you see what God reveals in your heart, you're to go and make a change. You're to live in obedience to it. And so the word becomes this mirror for us to challenge us to move. And so James here moves on and he gives us kind of this example, like what does faith in gear look like? What does faith in motion look like? How can we define it? And I want you to know this isn't like exhaustive, like James is like talking about every aspect of of faith in gear. He just gives us a common example. And notice it in verses 15 through 16. If a brother or sister poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and they come to you, one of them uh, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things that they need for the body. What good is that? What good is it? Let me just point out a few things here because I think we can misconstrue uh, what James says here. If a brother or sister uh, comes to you and and they're poorly clothed, they're lacking, right? We have this, this mindset that we think we need to help and care for every single need in the world. And the reality is you can't. You can't. But you ought to care for the people that are in Christ. You ought to have compassion for the people that are in Christ, that, that, that are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if you can't love the people in this room, you won't love the people outside this room. James gives us a prime, prime example here and says we ought to have compassion for those among us. Paul would say this in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. So then as we have opportunity, we don't always have opportunity. Aren't you thankful that that Paul said that as we have opportunity? We don't always have opportunity to do good, but when we do have opportunity to do good, let's do good to everyone, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Why? Because by your love for one another, they'll know. They'll know that you're my disciples and that you have real, real faith. And so we need to be willing to care for and see the needs of other Christians just as much, if not more so, than the world around us because faith in motion has true compassion for others. The faith in gear is, is, is obedient to the needs and, and sees people and cares for people. And I would add to that this, guess who James puts that responsibility on? The church staff the pastor and the pastor's wife must meet the needs of every person. No, he doesn't say that. He says, one of you, one of you. Remember, who's this book written to? It's not even written to a specific church. It's scattered Christians. They're not even living in one place. They're they're living all over the place. And James is writing this letter and, and making the case that every Christian has a duty to see the needs of their brothers and sisters in Christ. And not just say, be warm and filled, and I'll pray for you. But actually do something. And let me just remind you this morning, gently, you don't need a church program to meet the needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't need a church program to care for people. You don't need the church to create some program so that you can be a part of caring. Your job, your goal, James would say, is to see people 
And I, I know and I understand that may not sit well with everyone because the church has historically trained you to believe the opposite, that ministry only happens through the context of a church program. That's ridiculous. I'd love to serve you, but my church doesn't have a program to serve you. Sorry. That's not even true. It doesn't work that way. See, as a follower of Christ, we are, our faith is in gear and it's moving. And because it's in gear, we're being obedient to the opportunities and the things that come into our lives personally. And we see those needs and we're like, if I can meet that need and I can care for you, I will. Because I have faith, right? And so James says, you don't just spew religious platitudes at the brother or sister who's in need. You actually do something. You do something. And so faith is useless, church, unless it's in motion, unless it's in gear. Here's the second thing, and it really is a continuation of thought from the first, is this, is that faith is more than just saying you believe something. Well, I believe something. I have a set of beliefs. Is that faith? Is that enough? Is that what faith is? You believe certain things. James is going to move us and say true faith is moving from saying you believe something to actually acting upon that belief. That, that faith would actually move from your head to your heart to your feet. That it would cause you to live differently. That it would cause you to say, because I believe these things up here, I will move in action. And so notice verse 18 and 19. He says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well, but even the demons believe and they shudder. And so James says, without action, without some visible forward movement, James says, how is it possible for you to actually show that you have faith? The answer is it's not. It's not. And it seems like the argument here is this, is like, well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I have a set of beliefs. That's the argument James is making here, that, that someone would say, well, I believe this, so therefore I have faith. Well, that's all fine and good. James says, but did you know that the demons actually believe that too? Did you know that the demons actually have a full and probably a better understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ than most Christians do? That they understand fully the doctrine of God. They understand fully the uh, oneness, the trinity of God. They understand all things eschatology about God. They understand who God is, but yet they don't believe. They understand those things, but there's no real belief. And James says they actually shudder because they know how true it is. But that's as far as their faith goes. It's intellectual faith, but it's not real faith. And so faith is more than just saying, I believe something to be true. It's actually allowing it to filter in to the daily actions of life. That your kids would see, would see your faith not on a Sunday morning, but they would see it lived out Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday through the hardship and the good and all things life. They would see an act of faith. These are things that mom and dad don't just say they believe. They actually live it. You see, this is what James is pushing us to. A mature, active growth, growing kind of faith. And so notice what he says in verse 20 as we kind of move on. He says, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? James ain't missing any words here. You're like, sure you want to do a study in James? Yeah, I think so. And I get the kind of, the, the, the feeling here that the answer to that question, do you want to be shown, the answer to that question for most of us would be like an emphatic, no, I'm good, James. I don't need to be shown. Thank you very much, right? But he says, do you want to be shown? 
that faith apart from works is useless. I want you to underline that word useless. In, in the Greek, it's the word argos, and it means this idle, barren, yielding no return because of inactivity. Think about that for just a moment. That, that your faith it, it, that, 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 is, that is useless apart from works, if it, there's not an outcome, there's, yes, I say I believe, but there's no outcome, there's no action, there's, there's no steps in that direction. He says, it's useless. It's inactive, it's idle, it's barren. You see, that's more than just saying you believe something. It's about actually allowing that belief to permeate every aspect of your life in visible ways. Anything less, James says, well, that's just useless. It's just barren. And there's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of us who would say, man, my life, my faith, it's kind of barren right now. It's kind of yielding no return. James would say, say to you and I this, and he would say, get your faith in gear. He said, get your faith in gear. Start taking steps. Understand that faith is useless unless there's motion. Understand that faith is more than just saying you believe something. Actually put your belief into action. And here's the third thing and the last thing that we'll talk about this morning. He says this is that faith is tested to show us whether it's truly active. And this is where we don't like that reality. That our faith will actually be tested Christian, you say you believe, you say you're mature, you say you're growing, you say, you know, there's forward motion. Well, guess what? That faith will be tested at times in life. And James gives us these examples of Abraham and Rahab to show us that their faith was tested. Yes, they said they believed, but there was an action, there was a work, there was something in their life that, that showed that, hey, I'm not just saying this, I actually live this reality out. I actually believe this. And so notice again, verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Remember, we're not talking about salvation here. Uh, one commentator said that both Paul and James are kind of back to back dealing with different enemies that are attacking uh, the gospel and faith in Jesus Christ. And James is, is dealing with that crowd of people who are like, oh, you don't really need to be obedient. You just go to church. Just do Christian stuff. Look the part. That's all you really need. They're like, no. There's got to be obedience. There's got to be movement. Doesn't mean you're perfect and you get it all figured out, but there's got to be moments of action in your life where you act upon the faith that you say you believe. And Abraham, of course, did that, right? It says, you see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled. It says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was also not Rahab, the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers, sent them out another way for as the body apart from the spirit is dead. So also faith apart from works is dead. You could not have any two more extremes than Abraham. Abraham and Rahab. Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, who's given this promise of God, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to give you a seed, even in your old age, where they're like, that's impossible. God did it anyways. And then God said, I want you to offer Isaac. And most of us, including myself at this point, would be like, mm -mm, no, no go. No go. Not doing that. But Abraham so believed God and his faith wasn't just some platitude that he said, I'm a person of faith and I believe God. No, he was like, I believe God can do anything. Even raise my son, Isaac, up. 
And he, he went through uh, to, to, to do that very thing. God, of course, provided a ram. You know the story and kept him from that very thing. But that was the level of his faith. Rahab no different. She knows this nation, this Jewish nation is coming and, and the promise and, and she recognizes that she places her faith in the person of God and she hides these spies knowing what will happen and her action was proof. She really had faith. She really had faith. And so James concludes this argument about faith and works with this in verse 26, whereas the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. We're not just flesh and bones. Right? Without the spirit within us, we're not alive. And James says the same is true when it comes to faith in works. Faith apart from works is dead, is useless. Faith that's real, that's active and living, there's a work. There, there's proof. Again, that doesn't mean we're perfect, we have it all figured out. It just means we're striving for, and we're moved by the spirit of God. And when God moves in our hearts, we say, yes, I want. I want to obey. Is that your faith today? Is your faith in gear this morning, Christian? Would you stand as our worship team comes forward this morning and we get ready to close? Is your faith in gear? Is it moving? Is it, is it moving forward? Or is it just kind of idling? Is it in park? Most of us would say, man, I want my faith to be in gear. I want to be moving. Now, I, I don't know this morning, Christian, what steps you need to take, what you need to do to, to act upon the belief that you say you have this morning. But that's what this is all about. Sunday's all about hearing the word of God. As hard as it is to swallow and hear and recognize at times, the goal is that we would say, yes, Lord, that's me. And I'm going to move. I'm going to take a step in some direction today. How's your faith? Is it active and is it living or is it dead and it's useless? You know the beauty of God is that he knows. He just wants you to know. He knows where your faith is. He knows how active or inactive your faith is right now, but he wants you and I to know. So we would say, man, I don't wanna live this way. I don't wanna live with a mask. I don't wanna live with a facade of Christianity. I actually want to live as a true Christian, recognizing the blessings that come from walking with Jesus as hard as it is. I want, I want that. James is like, get your faith in gear. Put it in gear and start moving forward. L listen, let's strive for a faith that's consistently in gear. And then once it's in gear, let's press on the gas. What could happen, church? What could happen if a group of people said, you know what, I'm not just going to idle for it because you can get in the car this afternoon, you can turn it on, it'll start. If it won't, we'll jumpstart you. Don't worry, we'll get you home, right? But you can put that thing in gear, but if you don't step on the throttle, you're not going to go very fast and you won't get very far. And that's how we live our lives sometimes, is it not? Yeah, I'm kind of moving forward, but I'm not making much progress. I would say step on the gas. Take a step, take a risk. What do you have to lose? God's glory gets to be on display in those moments that we step out in big ways. What could happen if a group of people like this said, we're gonna live that way? What could happen in your home? Moms, dads, the impact. Many of you are here this morning because a person of true faith, they didn't just say they believed, they actually lived it, modeled for you that kind of faith. Guess what? That's your job. That's my job. 
to live it out for the next generation to see what an active living faith really is, what could happen if we actually begin to live that way. What can you do as a takeaway this morning? Here's what you can do, simple. God, give me faith in motion. God, give me a faith that's in gear. God, give me the obedience to step out and say yes when you call me, when you prompt me, when you give me opportunity. God, I will say yes in those moments. God, give me a faith that's in motion. I want that. It's a dangerous thing to pray, let me, let me tell you. But begin to pray and ask God to give you a faith that's real and that's in gear and that's in motion. What could happen? God, this morning, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the bluntness of your word. We know that sometimes it cuts and it's not easy. It shows us who we are. It shows us what we're like. And Lord, we pray that we would live in obedience to it, that we would be people of faith, not because we say we're people of faith, but because of our works and our actions are actually showing to one another and emboldening and edifying one another that we would together live out this faith that we proclaim in you. May it be something, God, we truly live. And may we live in obedience to your word and whatever you call us to specifically, may we be obedient to it. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you worship one last time with us?